Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. First reading for this third Sunday after Pentecost is from the 19th chapter of Exodus, beginning at verse 2. They set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain, while Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples, for all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from the fifth chapter of St. Paul's letter to the Romans beginning at verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to stand and sing the Alleluia verse on page 190.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth and 10th chapters. Today, there's two choices for the gospel reading, a shorter and a longer. And I'm going to read the longer reading, which will extend a little beyond what's on your bulletin insert. Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The names of the twelve apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, give without paying. Acquire no gold, nor silver, nor copper for your belts, no bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor a staff, for the laborer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it, and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to courts and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You've got to be kidding! I think that's got to be one of those first thoughts that race through the minds of the twelve when Jesus told them what he was sending them out to do. Did you hear that list? Heal the sick. 
raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. Sure, they'd been seeing Jesus do these things, but most of them were just fishermen. We can't do that. And I had to have a little chuckle as pastor read the opening of the gospel. Pray the Lord of the harvest. And you, know, you can almost imagine the 12 going, oh Lord, send somebody out. What, me? <laughs> You've got to be kidding. And they were right. You see, the disciples, the sent ones here, they had to learn what every pastor has to learn, what every Christian has to learn. They had a big lesson to learn. Get over yourself. You see, it wouldn't be them doing these things. There's nothing in them that would qualify them or enable them or empower them to be the apostles. It's not their learning. It's not their scholarship, their leadership, their charisma, their strength, their skill, or anything else in them. Those things all have their place as gifts of God. But it is only the power and the authority of Christ that would accomplish the things that Jesus sent them to do. And it is the very power and authority of Christ that he had just given to them. But still they had to learn the lesson. Get over yourself. They had to get over their doubts, their fears, and simply do what had been given them to do. And to have Christ work through them. And then as if to emphasize the point, Jesus continues with the description of how they are to go out. Don't take any supplies, he says. Speak and do what I have given you and rely on others to receive you and to support you. Oh, hey, and by the way, don't expect success. There's going to be times you're going to be shaking the dust off your feet. But then it gets a little worse than that. Because Jesus warns them what it's actually going to be like for them. I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. You're going to be dragged into courts. You're going to be flogged. It goes from worse to worse. First, there's an impossible list of tasks to do, and then they're sent out in the midst of an impossible situation to do them. What had they signed up for? And discipleship never seemed quite so deadly. And that's exactly the point. If they're going to be followers of Jesus, where are they following him to? The cross. You see, the twelve must learn to die, to get over themselves, so that they might live in Christ, in Him, in His Word alone, relying solely on Him. It is His works, not theirs. His Word not theirs. His authority, not their authority. It's His mission and it's His harvest, not theirs. So the less of them there is, the more of Him, all the better. Jesus sends the twelve out with nothing to do what they themselves are unable to do in order to teach them that it will be Christ and His Spirit, 
working and speaking through them. They simply need to go. Pastors need to learn this as well. (laughs) And it's a tough lesson to learn. But we have to get over ourselves. Because we're not in control either. The Word and work and power is Christ. We are called to simply do what we're given to do, speak what we're given to speak, and give what we are given to give. It is God alone who grants growth, who gives faith, who changes hearts, who changes lives. No pastor can do these things. It is only the word, the power, and authority of Christ that does them. And it does amazing things. The word and the power and authority of Christ can use water to cast out demons, to raise a person dead in their sins to new life. Only the word and the power and authority of Christ can heal those who are leprous and sick with sin through the word of absolution and forgiveness. Only the word, the power, and authority of Christ can fill bread and wine with the very body and blood of Christ to feed, to strengthen Christians with faith and the forgiveness we need for life. Only the word and power and authority of Christ can fill preaching with the power to grab those who are hell-bent and turn them in repentance. Pastors need to learn. I can't do that. Any of it. No amount of learning, scholarship, leadership, charisma, strength, or skill will be able to change that. Yes, they all have their place, but they cannot take the place of the power and authority of Christ. And it's not just the sent ones, it's not just pastors that need to learn this. Every Christian needs to learn this. As we begin the second half of the church year, the long green Pentecost season, our focus is on the church and the life and the growth. It's not just pastors who need to learn to rely on Christ. So do you. You, as the priesthood of the baptized, you've not been given the same task as the apostles. You've not been given the same task as pastors, but you have been given what all Christians have been given to do. What is that? Well, let's just go back a few chapters and listen. Again, there's a brief summary of what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. You are to be salt and light to this world. No. You are to love your enemies. You are to pray regularly. Put them together. You are to pray for and do good to even those who hate you and might even persecute you. You are to be generous in your words, your thoughts, your actions. You are to be perfect, like your Heavenly Father, who shares the gift of sun and rain with believers and unbelievers alike. (laughs) Now, to that you should respond, you've got to be kidding! We can't do that! Or maybe... 
actually. This is our usual response. It's like the zeal and the Old Testament reading today, Israel at Mount Sinai. Everything the Lord has said, we shall do. Until we don't. And especially when you listen to that being perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect, well, not even close. We hate our enemies. We forget to pray. We do good, mostly to those who can do something good in exchange for us. And, oh yeah, we demand perfection from everyone around us, even when we fail the same standard. And then there's the kicker. Despite our sin and our failure, how often do we have the audacity to look around filled with pride and think, eh, I'm not doing too bad. We've got to get over ourselves. And if pride is to be full of ourselves, then it's repentance that leads us to be empty of ourselves. Repentance is the road of discipleship that takes us to the cross and kills us. Confess that really we are that bad. We are the persecutors, not just the persecuted. We are the wolves who bite and devour one another. We put people on trial in our own courts with laws and standards of our own making. We sit as one man, judge and jury. Now, we don't necessarily drag people before kings, but how often do we just assume the role of king ourselves with our condemning thoughts, our words, our assuming the worst about others, and our taking delight in our superiority? Yes, Jesus told the disciples that he was sending them out as sheep among wolves. <laughs> and that's because he was sending them to people like you and me. But if Jesus is sending the apostles to people like us, there's one reason for doing that. Because he came for people like us. He sends them to us to give himself to us. Because Jesus is the Lamb of the world. The Lamb of God who came into the midst of this world of sinful wolves. Jesus, he is the one who was hauled before Governor Pilate and King Herod. He is the one who is flogged by men and hated and devoured by death on the cross. But in his resurrection from that death, he has defeated everything that defeats us. Our enemy sin, our enemy Satan, our enemy death, all of them were swallowed up in Jesus' victory. And as he brings that victory to us, he makes us wolves into sheep and us sinners into saints through that resurrecting, forgiving power to be for us what we could never be for ourselves, the perfect Son of God. And then to give us His perfection, free, undeserved, a total gift of grace, Ultimately, that's the gift Jesus sends his disciples to give. That's the gift through which the very kingdom of heaven is at hand. All those other things that he assigned to the apostles, 
the healing, the cleansing, the casting out of demons, the raising of the dead, those were not ends in and of themselves, but they were the signs that the kingdom of heaven was indeed at hand. Signs that the forgiveness of Christ was full and complete forgiveness, a forgiveness that even has a triumph on all the effects of this body and life. Little pictures of, little pointers to the resurrection and the new life that is ours in Christ. And so the disciples did go, following the footsteps of Christ. And so we also go following those same footsteps. And you know what? Those disciples did those things that they thought they couldn't do because they were not alone. And as we go, it is also the same for us. As you live in Christ and Christ lives in you, you begin to do those things you couldn't do yourself. Those things that Christ has given you to do. To be salt and light. To be generous in thoughts, words, and actions. To be helpful, to be praying, to be forgiving, to be serving, to being loving. Loving even to those who sin against you. Loving even to those who hate you. Because that's the love of Christ living in you. And it's never lived out perfectly in this life, to be sure. Which is why we are always following the footsteps of our Savior to His cross, to die and to rise with Him daily. To receive His gifts constantly so that we might give freely. Because that's truly the Christian life. Amen. May the love of Christ dwell in your hearts that you may give freely of all the wonderful gifts He has given to you. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.